On this episode of Blending Bourbon, be sure to join Dixon Deadman and myself, David Mark Young, as we're joined by Steve Nally, master distiller from Bardstown Bourbon Company, and we discuss his career and what it takes to become a true master distiller. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Deadman and David Mark Young. Thank you all for joining us on another episode of the Blending Bourbon Podcast, a podcast sponsored by Golden Sheaf. I'm Dixon Dedman of 2XO Whiskey, joined as always by the recently nominated or uh, awarded most handsome eligible bachelor in Omaha and the Derek Zoolander of Bourbon Podcasts, David Mark Young. How are you today, David? I am fantastic, Dixon. Thank you. The best intros. The best intros every time. Every time. I, it just, I, it, it just I can't imagine how much just, time you just, put into just, rehearsing those. It just comes to me. It's usually <laughs> somewhere between shampoo and conditioner where it hits me what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do today. Um, let's not fool around here because we've got, let's get to it. We've got something pretty special. Um, we do. And you know, I'm excited. I, well, we know you're excited for the 13 to 14 people that have listened to this podcast. They know <laughs> you fanboy about a lot of stuff, but I'm not really sure that you fanboy about anybody more than than the gentleman that's going to join us on on the show today um i am excited and and he it's it's very interesting through what you've got going on with golden sheaf and your working relationship um we we share a, a similar affinity towards appreciation of and respect for um, the, this gentleman, he has helped me in so many ways, been so good to me over the years. Um, and, and through some really interesting, um, experiences in my, as I often refer to my previous life. So we're, we're very honored, uh, to welcome Steve Nally and to have Steve Nally spend a little bit of time with us on this hot mess of a show that that we've <laughs> created here so without further ado thank you thank you steve for for joining us thank you steve thank, thank you all very much for having me that was that was quite an introduction dixon <laughs> i i listen i don't i don't do much with david but i really wanted to make sure <laughs> i i the last thing I need is is for you to go back to Mark Irwin and say, you'll never guess what Dixon did. And I'm going to get a phone call and, you know, 10 minutes after we get off this and Mark going to say, what? <laughs> yeah, it is a, a great honor, Steve, to to have you on the podcast. I, I, I am admittedly a, a huge fan of Steve Nally, the, the master distiller, uh, the human. I just I, I really have a lot of, uh, you know respect for you and all that you do and uh, greatly appreciate all the time that you've given me and and uh you know and and you know great appreciation for the products that you've created over the, f the last 50 51 years now right 51 I, years I, in march right 
Yeah, I know. So I have a, a bottle here commemorating your 50 year anniversary of distilling. So it's a year old, um, honored to have this on my, on my shelf in my collection. And I know that you were recently introduced, um, as the, or incorporated into the, the distillers hall of fame. American whiskey, American, American, yeah, American distillers hall of fame. Yeah. Huge honor. Um, yeah, I imagine there's a lot of a lot of prestigious awards on your he, on your Steve your has case. all the medals. He has all the trophies. He, you know, and and, and um, what what year were you inducted into the KDA Hall of Fame, Steve? Uh, Two thousand seven. Yeah. Yeah, I was very fortunate to to be. They they just really couldn't find anybody else to put in there, so. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite humble. Uh, yeah. But uh yeah, I feel very honored to uh, to be selected into that group of, of honorees, you know, who were people like Booker Now and Jimmy Russell and Arthur Bean and those people that you know, I've always considered to be true legends of the industry and you know, to be included in any of those people just I just felt very honored because at that point, I was a young upstart, pretty much. I wasn't, wasn't a legend then. I still don't consider myself a legend, but you know, I just feel honored being in that group of people. Was there a point in time when you felt like you had gone from up-and-comer to, okay, now I've got some clout. Uh, I'm actually starting to do some things in uh, – maybe not feel like a legend, but, but know that people are describing you as a legend in the industry. Well, I don't know that I feel like a legend. I feel like that I've, I've earned a little prestige maybe, but you know, there's always room to grow and learn. I mean, you know, I've, and since I've came to Barstown and working with all the other companies that I do, I, I learn every day, you know, you'll get, other companies come in here and, and they have new perceptions and new uh, views of, of how things should be done. Some are not legitimate. Some are you know, things that you don't want to do, but you learn from them. And sure. you know, it's just very exciting, very interesting. So I've probably learned more in the last six, seven years than I did in the first 48. So or 42. So, so you know, it's just always a learning experience. Steve, you know, I, and we've had this conversation before, man, I, I, I I'm a blender. I, I work with, you know, maturate. I, I know enough to probably keep a distillery from not blowing up for maybe a week, <laughs> two tops. Um, David's only chance at distilling is if the grains think he's attractive enough to do what what he wants them to do but um i, I guess you know in your <laughs> so i mean you, you're start at maker's mark and then wyoming and then bbc how like how much of of what you've done and and what you what you enjoy doing is on the on the production side of of creation of distillation 
versus, you know, how, you know, both maturation and, and the, the blending towards the end of it. Has that, have you been involved in, in that part, in, in the whole process from grain to bottle? Um, and is there a particular part of that that you're, uh, you enjoy more or you're uh, more in tune with? Or, or, and I, I hope that makes sense. But It does totally. You know, over the years I've heard a lot of producers, blenders say, well, this part is more important than that part. But if you dive deep into it, each part of it is... I think equally important. If you get a bad grain in, then that's the start of a bad product. If you cook it wrong, ferment it wrong, still it wrong, any part of that will end up to be a bad product. And if you take a good product and get into the final stages of it and do a bad blend of it, then you messed up the, the product at the end. So. You know, there's, there's any part of it that you can, like the booker knows, you say, screw up the whole damn thing. So, you know, it's just, there's maybe one part might be a little bit more important than the other, but there's every step of the way is just pretty much as important as any other part. Of it. So, you know, if you weed out any any one of them, then you've messed up the whole product. So I don't, I'm not going to say any one of them. But is there one that you, um, like personally, you, you value, like, do, do you get more enjoyment out of, uh, of, of, of the distillation part of it versus, and, and that's, what's gotta be so much fun about what's going on at Bardstown. That's what I've enjoyed about my time spent at Bardstown is, is watching this kind of collaborative effort of taking all these different mattress and creating these blends and, and, you know, and, and it's, it's so open. It's so, I mean, you know, I, I, I've been there having lunch and Mark Irwin has stepped out on that balcony and said, Dixon, get your ass up here. We want you to taste this stuff and you know, whatever. And you know, that, that there's something I think about getting your hands dirty and, and the production part of it that has to be very rewarding, but there's also that kind of artistic element of, of, of blending these final components to create the expression that you're going to put in, in into the market. Well, I, I, my one favorite part is producing it. You know, when you get grains blended together, cooked, fermented, and it comes off the steel, you can taste that nice, clean, crisp distillate that comes off there, and it's just so flavorful. That's that's kind of my rewarding part mm -hmm. of it. So probably if I had to pick one particular part, that would be my most favorite you know, of all, that you get that good, crisp, clean distillate that you can actually enjoy. And you've tasted distillate before that you know you pretty mm -hmm. much have to hold your nose and point a gun at your head to, to taste it, then that's that's not very good product that you, that you produce. And, you know, to get that good, clean, crisp product, then you know you've done a good job of it. I I think, you know, with, with you and tasting stuff that we made, you know, we get there and we go through those samples and, and, and that, the, the beauty of that distillate 
and the excitement of what it's going to become. And I, I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but you know, it, it's so rewarding right up until that point that Nick Smith shows up and it kind of, kind of ruins the whole thing. I, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but you know, Nick is, you know, I mean, if we could just eliminate that part of it, um, it'd be great. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he's got to order the grain. He's got to order the supplies and all this. He's an important part too. I don't want. I, I, I don't think there's any question that, you know, and and, I mean, I remember standing on top of that distillery when it was there were no walls; it was just metal beams and a roof. And and what's what's developed at Bardstown Bourbon Company, the team that that y'all oh, put yeah. together, getting to know you know everybody. I mean, it, it's it's just such a special place and such a special team and, and such a great group of people. Um, and, and everybody, I, I come from a, you know, my previous experience not to get into it, but, um, it's just interesting when, you know, when, when everybody's kind of pulling on different ends of the rope or pulling in different directions. And, and I, I, I don't, I don't think there's a better team, uh, team atmosphere and 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 collaborative effort in this industry than than what's going on at Bardstown Bourbon Company. Well, there's one really complex part of Bardstown Bourbon is there's so many parts of it that most companies operate on at the most four or five different recipes or mash bills and. Here we have so many moving parts. You know, there's last year we produced 64 different recipes. Wow! And 64. To do that, you have to have everybody pulling on, as you said, different ends of the rope at the same time. And if everybody doesn't pull together, then it doesn't work. So to make that, I mean, like when I was at Maker's Mark, we produced one product, you know, one one recipe. And like I said, most of most companies only produce four or five, and to get that many, and we produce for over thirty customers, and to keep yeah. everybody happy, well, pretty much happy, and uh, you know to keep all that going, it's just it takes a team to do it. Two or three people cannot do it. So, to that being said, if everybody doesn't work together, it doesn't happen, and we've done a really good job of it. You know from Nick, all the way down to the operator to, to yeah. the guys that unload the grain to you know, people in the lab, everybody that's involved just does a tremendous job of keeping their their rope full tight and keeping everything going. Yeah, and such a great culture too. It's such a welcoming atmosphere, you know, the, especially being open to the public and, and the you know, the folks behind the scenes for those that, that have never visited Barstown Bourbon Company. Um, it's such a, a wonderful experience. You know, the people, um, the, the behind the scenes, you know, you know, and even the, the efficiency and the, you know, the operations, it's, it's so impressive. Um, I wonder, um, you know, as the, the concept, I remember, um, Peter, uh, and, and David and, and, you know, kind of the, the visionaries in the beginning before the, 
distillery had even started to take shape, but the concept of being forward thinking and um, innovative in such a, uh, a traditional market space. And I, you know, I wonder, was there, was there opposition to that? Um, you know, as far as the way that bourbon has been made historically, um, and then in comes, you know, this, this big machine, if you will, trying to, to, um, you know, not, not speed up the process, but make it more efficient and be, uh, maximize all of the resources. Was, was there any opposition in, in the, the industry? No, there, no, there wasn't, and, you know, there really wasn't any urgent or any plans on changing the way it was made. The, the real goal was to make it transparent, you know, to bring forth how it's made, to let the consumer, the public know how it was made, you know, to bring that forward, because uh, as you know, as Dixon knows, there were so many falsities out right. there before. Well, this was the way my granddaddy did it 75, 200 years ago, and it probably wasn't true, but you know he cooked it in an old pot back in the woods, and and you know this is the only way we still do it today. And it wasn't true, but you know bringing out the the actual way it was produced, and you know another thing was there was a lot of brands out there that was purchasing product from somebody else that they couldn't talk about, and right. they were putting it in a bottle. They made the consumer believe that they produced it themselves. And when they came to Barstown Bourbon, they now had a new home that they could bring their uh, customers to, they could bring their videographers to, they could bring people to, and they say, hey, here's where it's made now. This is not our distillery, but this is our home. And this is how it's made, this is where it's made, and this is the actuality of what's going on. And I think that was the big move that that we wanted to present here, and the other companies, you know, the other big guys, they didn't have any quarrels about it. There's lots of days you go down there in the restaurant, and you'll see people from the other companies right here in, in Barstown that will be here eating in the restaurant. They'll mm-hmm. they'll have people from out of town. They'll be showing through the distillery. So now there really hasn't been any pushback. And you go down there on the bar and you see their products sitting on the bar and they can enjoy it. So, you know, they really embraced us wholeheartedly. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah, we've we've talked about that on the podcast previously, how open and, and welcoming the industry is, the the spirits, the bourbon industry, you know, especially down there in Bardstown. It's um, everybody's willing to help and uh, be transparent and share. And, um, it's, it's, I've never experienced anything like it. And I, you know, I come from the IT industry and, and even, uh, you know, some government service and, and it was a little bit different. There's, uh, you know, and, lot, and modeling, more, you were a model, and, too. You were, you were <laughs> more competitive type of mentality. Um, you know, that of course, completely a different industry, but, but, you know, everything was proprietary and everything was kept, uh, close to the chest and, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the spirit industry. Why wouldn't it be? Everybody seems to be pretty happy with their, with what they do every day, which, which brings me to my next question. I I'm curious, what is, what is the day, a day in the life of Steve Nally look like on a, on a, on a typical work day? 
it it varies widely. I mean, you know, it, it could be doing a podcast like this, or it could be, you know, just walking out in the distillery, see how things are going. It could be traveling to stores to sign bottles and talk to the, the owners of the store. Uh, I mean, it can vary so much. Uh, you know, when I go to Wyoming, I, I'm going to be visiting accounts and, and promoting product. Uh, so it, it can vary a great deal. As Dixon can tell you, there's a, a wide range of what anybody that, that deals with product or brand can, can be doing things like that. Oh yeah, I, you're gonna have some fun in Wyoming too. I'm sure. Um, it's it's not all work, right? Oh yeah, I mean, there, there's ninety percent fun, ten percent work. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a a very loaded question for you, Steve. And if uh-huh. if I'm if I'm, but I, I'm I'm. So it's I funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> give me give me the finger if uh, if this is a, you know. And I, you know, it. I remember when when I started doing the Kentucky Owl thing, and I and, and it it was it was great. It was so much fun, and and I, I, I don't I don't know my 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 business card said partner. And then you know when I when I, you know, made the transition with Stoli, they said, "Oh no, you're you're the master blender," and I was like, "What? What is that?" What does that mean? I mean, I get okay. I'm the guy that blends it. That that's fine. Um, and and then I got approached. This is really random, but I've been approached by this massive, massive company. I think it's like the second or third largest uh, spirits producer in the world, uh, headquartered in the Philippines, and they are um, doing a they're creating a class, a program on. Uh, uh, on on blending and and you know and and I guess gonna certify some people as a master blender and they said what you know what steps did you take to to become a master blender and I said I did nothing I blended some stuff and some people put it on a business card and I have no idea what that means I don't I, I you know because I'm the person that blends our stuff I'm I'm the I guess that's what I am. Um, I consider myself to be a redneck from Kentucky and that's, that's about as far as I go. But I, you know, I feel like two things. One in this industry, there are a lot of people who love to call themselves master distillers who could not distill if they, you know, if they had to, who could not, you know, what, and, and I guess what I'm, what I'm getting to, you know, it's so, so, you know, you have these people and they have a brand, they have a label, they contracted out, um, you know, and, and, and then they say, I'm the master distiller of this. And to me, like, that's a, for the people that I have have come to know and have had relationships with my entire life, the people that I really, really respect in the industry, the Steve Nallies, the Jim Rutledges, the Jimmy Russells, um, the Elmer T. Lees, these people that I had long and, and, and really um, 
great relationships I look up to, I respect, I, I hold, you know, when you walk through that restaurant and you're, you know, on your shirt, it says Steve Nally, master distiller. Um, you know, what, like, what, what is, what does it mean to you to be the, the master distiller? And is that, is that kind of a, I don't mean to say a watered down thing now or, or how, do, do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I just feel like that term is being used far too loosely um, these days than it should be, if that makes sense. I would like to see some kind of emphasis put on, on that title. Uh, way I became master distiller, I spent 17 years at Maker's Mark learning the industry, learning the process. I worked every job down there. Uh, I had no formal schooling, you know, college, uh, that type of schooling. I learned it at Maker's Mark internally. Sam Cecil was a chemist down there. He was general manager, so that side of it I learned from him, the chemical side of the, of the process. Uh, rebuilding pump, rebuilding valve, wiring motors up, you know, changing pump pipes out, uh, the mechanical side, the operational side, all that I learned on the job. So that's, that's how I became master distiller. I knew the process from the inside out, how it worked, why it worked, why, why fermentation became fermentation. So that's that's my uh, turn, my way of thinking of how a master distiller should be a master distiller. Uh, the other way that a master distiller could be a master distiller is going to college getting a chemical degree, doing some kind, there's a few colleges that offer a course of, in distilling. You can learn the process and all that way. But even at that, I think you still need some years in the facility, in the distillery, learning the, how one operates, you know, actually learning the process. Then after four, five, six years, probably could earn the degree of master distiller. Now on your, what you was talking about earlier, somebody starts up a new company, they get the steel running, they need somebody to have that title. So they say, hey Joe, come over here, you're now our master distiller. <laughs> that's, that's the way a lot of people are getting that degree now. And that's wrong. You know, they, they absolutely know nothing about, they couldn't, distill a, a drop of product if their life depended on it. So, yeah, they're bastardizing the, fright, the term master distilling. And I would like to see that some kind of emphasis or some kind of something put on there to actually bring I agree a hundred Some kind of accreditation. I mean, I, I just, just in my experience you know and, and i it happens all the time we'll be yeah. 
in a in a store doing a tasting and people say and this is the master distiller and i was like whoa no 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 <laughs> i i hold i have a fondness for the people that have earned that term and would never put myself in that in that place and and i i think you know, for me, I think of master distillers, I think of you and I think of those people that I mentioned and I, and, and there's, um, you know, I, I just think anymore, there's a lot of people that haven't cut their teeth, uh, that haven't, you know, if I'm a, I, I, I would consider myself a master dishwasher. You know, I grew up <laughs> in the, um, in the restaurant business. Um, I can fix a dish machine. Um, I, I can train somebody how I, I, that's about the only master title that I could get. But I, I feel like there's a, anymore, there's a certain lack of reverence, um, to the term master distiller. And, you know, you, you would be one of the first ones to come to mind yeah. when I would say, you want to know what a master distiller is? It's Steve Nally. You know what, right. you know, you know what you are not, you're not Steve Nally. Yeah. You set the standard for, yeah. you said the high bar too. You, you were had the degree of master blender. Well, well, you have done enough blending. You are good enough at it. I think you have earned the, the title of master blender. You know, if, if anybody can blend, do as good a job as you had the, the, experience that you've had then you have earned that that title so and, I, and, and a lot listen. of people that do blending that cannot blend and they have that yep. that very that title but you that you is an incredible compliment but i also i have you know like I, I relied on a lot of people like i didn't know what i was doing you know i would call jim rutledge at nine o'clock at night and say jim <laughs> <laughs> a plus B is, is not going where I thought it would go. And, and, and I mean, I, you know, I think that's, that's a big, big part of it. I mean, you, you obviously had some incredible, uh, mentors and, and, and advice and, 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 and people to lean on. And well, I, I had the Jimmy Russell's and the, Jim Rutledge's and Parker Baines, and I leaned on them quite a bit in my younger days. So, yeah, I, I did, and that's what it takes. It takes you know time and and years of, of training to, to get there, and you know it's that's just things that are not being done. Uh, like a whole lot of the younger people these days, they want to jump to the top. They don't want to work their way up. They want to start at the top, and that's that's kind of the trend nowadays so i see a lot of that in a, in a lot of business uh, adventures so how, how did young steve nally go from uh, you know, sweeping floors fixing pumps um I, I mean was it your was it your passion was it your interest did someone um uh, pick up on that and then you know recognize that hey you've got some some exemplary skills here um, and, and you know, or was that a path that you were intentionally pursuing to, to arrive right now? I think it was just maybe my drive. I mean, I kept 
I kept going from position to position, kind of out of uh, drive. You know, I was interested in what was going on here. Here, you know, I went from operator in the distillery. I went to warehouse. I went to bookkeeper in the bottling house, to maintenance in the bottling house, to all different jobs, just learning what was going on at different parts of the distillery or the operation. And eventually after you know 17 years, I had learned everything down there. So when, at that time, we weren't called master distillers, we were called head distillers. So at that time, the head distiller was retired and I guess I was the most qualified person there. You know, the Samuels were still owners of the distillery at the time, so it was still a family-owned business. And they asked me to take that position because I was I was assistant distiller at the time. And when he retired, I took over that that operation, and I was actually there when they made their first expansion. So I just I took it over. I actually led that position. 15 here. Wow. Do you have good stories about chasing Bill out of there? Like, Bill, get get out of here. <laughs> Bill, go go do Bill. There, there was no chasing Bill any place. You, you didn't chase Bill. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have stories about it, but we don't have that kind of time. Uh, I, <laughs> I, my, um, I think I told you before, my, my Uncle Tom and Bill were, uh, were in college together. And, and, and my family has some of the most hilarious bill stories uh i, I was like they're almost so crazy that they can't be made up you know like bill just driving his boat down the kentucky river and docking at our old distillery site and calling the inn and say hey i'd like to come have you know, lunch with, with, with Tommy and Bud, can y'all send somebody to pick me up? I'm docked at, I'm, I'm sitting on the dock and they're just like, Oh, sure. Mr. Samuels. We'll, we'll come get sure. You. sure. We'll be right there. And he probably gave you two seconds notice, right? Oh and, yeah. He was waiting on them. It's 20 minute drive. And he was calling oh, yeah. when he was there. He said, hurry up. I'm tired of waiting. Right. Uh, well, he'll tell you today. He'll say, I don't know a damn thing about making whiskey, but he sure as hell can sell it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's a skill in and of itself so well, what's what's next for steve nally wyoming wyoming i don't know if this this is probably my last last bout you know, i'm gonna stay here and enjoy this i mean it's just uh it's just very enjoyable you know every time i turn around we're doing something different and very exciting so you know I'll be 73 in this year, so I can't see me starting another one. This was so much fun. I think I'll end up here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a great place to, you know, end it on a good note and enjoy some, some quality, um, Steve Nally time with Mrs. Nally. And, and I know you've got a, uh, quite a few, uh, children, grandchildren and great grandchildren we have two great grandchildren so they they drive us crazy sometimes but we love them so yeah <laughs> spoil them sell them to come oh yeah that's the <laughs> so how about bardstown bourbon company can you tell us anything up and coming for i know that um you know bardstown recently released the origin series which was a pretty significant milestone um 
but uh and, and then even the rye i believe was was that released the, the origin rye uh the rye will not be released until end of march first of april it'll turn six years old then that, okay. i'm very excited about that that's going to be finished in the zebra barrels which is a old cherry wood barrel finish uh be released and then that'll that'll have three origins out there'll be the bottle and bond weeded 36 percent rye bourbon and then the 95 percent rye uh, cherry wood barrel finish that'll be our three origins uh, of course the fusion will be sidelined you know, it'll be off the market for at least a while and discovery and uh, collaboration will still be ongoing so we've got some other collaborations that's in barrels and will be coming out this year. We're probably going to have two or three different ones that will be in the works this coming years. Uh, you know, it's just uh, we're building, adding a 42-inch steel out back. That'll come on board 24. Uh, wow. Still building warehouses wide open. Just purchased. 300 acres across the road behind Flower and Bakery that we'll be able to build 14 more warehouses on. Wow. Uh, warehouse number 15 is, or 16 actually is going up. We're building them as fast as they can build them. So it's just never stand still, keep going. Right now we're producing about 325 barrels a day, seven days a week. Wow. That's impressive. That's Is awesome. there any concern about that production getting ahead of the construction to where you might not have st stored, might have more barrels than you have storage space? Uh, right now, they're just barely staying ahead. As soon as they finish the warehouse, we start filling it. So they're, they're doing okay. Uh, when new uh, steel comes on board, there's a concern there. So I don't know. They might have to bring another crew on, on site to keep ahead of us. We'll make <laughs> if, if, more barrels at that time. If we'll anybody will figure it out, it's Bardstown Bourbon Company. That's, that's sure. for sure. If anybody well, will, we'll will figure it out. We'll just have to get after Donald, Tommy Blake. Yeah. Mr. Blake, oh, yeah. Flash a little cash out of them. They'll, they'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would imagine we talk like i mentioned earlier we talk about pivots and um you know as a little guy you know a bottom feeder you know i'm buying a few pallets of glass at a time i'm buying you know a handful of barrels here and there and um, but even that you know i see challenges hurdles that sort of thing and it's important for for me to pivot i can't imagine at the caliber that you're at you know those pivots those changes you you know i i, th I think last time i was down there we were talking about barrel shortages and and you know a lot of things that that affect such a large conglomerate like Bardstown Bourbon Company well that's that's still an issue you know right now we're looking at a barrel shortage we were at last count about 12,000 barrels short for this coming year uh, wow we've got Grant who's our supplier you know he's uh, our procurement he's uh, out Scraping, hmm. scraping the bottom of the barrel, looking for barrels. So you know, he's coming up with a few here and a few there. We've got three, well, two major suppliers, and then he's got another one that's coming on in a few. So we're just trying to dig up what we can, any place we can, and you know, if you 
need a little bit of juice and have a few barrels, we'll make it, give it to you, including your barrels. So we're doing that kind of thing right now and just trying to make make way and get things done and make it any way we can. Sure. Well, wow. this is awesome, Steve. I know you've got a lot going on and, and want to want to tell you, you know, again, I, I, I just I just think. And we, 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 we actually, your name comes up a lot on this podcast <laughs> as somebody um, who we both really admire, respect, um, appreciate your, your, you know, your, your advice, your friendship, your, your, you know, always willingness to, to help. And, and thank you so much for coming on this, uh, this little podcast we're doing and, and, um, Yes. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you. It means a lot. Well, it's always good to talk to you guys. You know, you're down this way. Make sure that uh, you holler, you know, let them know that if I'm here, I'll I'd love to come down and chat with you, uh, show you what new things we've got going on, and be good just to connect up with you. So great chat with you. And, uh, hope you all have a good day. Thank you. You, you too. too. Well, Thank well, you. Cheers. See you soon. We'll see you here soon, Steve. My glass is empty. It's still morning here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm on water. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how he does it. And he's an apple behind juice. Us. Yeah, right. It looks like it doesn't look like apple juice. I'll be worried about it. Y'all have a good day. Thanks you again, too. Steve. Thanks so much, Steve. Steve.